0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to On Point with Pastor Greg Locke. I am your podcast host, Pastor Greg Locke, and we're going to talk today about faith, family, and politics. Thanks for tuning into the broadcast today. You know, about a month ago, we had one of the greatest minds of all of apologetics, all of politics that you could ever imagine, and of course that was Dinesh D'Souza, and we had a great time with him on Skype. I was just with him at the Amp Fest, and one of the privileges of my life was to not only watch all of his movies, but this pre-release of the Trump Card the other night. It was such a beautiful portrayal of what is happening right now in our country, and not just a portrayal, but he proves and shows forth the betrayal that is happening in this nation with the Democratic Party. But today, uh, interestingly enough, we don't have. Dinesh on the program, but we have somebody that is of equal value to the kingdom of God, and that is his daughter, Danielle D'Souza. Danielle, welcome to On Point with Pastor Greg Locke today.
1: Hi, Pastor. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Oh, it is a great, great honor, and uh, I saw you on the movie, and I want to talk. I want to jump right in. I know want to be respectful of your time. We got a lot that we want to chit-chat about, but I want to talk about your book, the newest book. I know you have a couple of books out on the market, but The Choice, The Abortion Divide in America. Just kind of let our listeners know why you wrote the book and what you would love to see accomplished through the message that you're trying to propagate.
1: Yeah, so in my book, I really dive into what are the most popular and most powerful pro-choice and pro-abortion arguments the other side is putting out. Every chapter is based on one of those, from a fetus as a cluster of cells to my body, my choice. But I also dive into things like, you know, what if the child is abused? What if they're on welfare? How would we pay for them? Mm. There's so many children in this world, you know, things like that. So I really dive into many aspects of the debate, and then I respond to it in every chapter. And what I really hope to achieve with this is to dive into what people actually ask and what people actually want to know about the issue, because I think so often uh, we only hear kind of the surface level parts of it and we don't actually get to hear both sides and dive into it. And so I found that to be the most effective in kind of conveying the pro-life side. Mm. And so that's what I really hope to do is to change hearts and minds on this issue and to kind of step out of the, you know, old, sterile categories of you know, what the debate used to look like in 1973.
0: And along those lines, what do you think has kind of changed since the whole Roe versus Wade? Where, Where we are today in that battle, do you see it being overturned?
1: Yeah, so much has changed since 1973. I mean, and back in those days, people used to say things like, well, maybe there's potential life in the womb, and we don't really know when life begins, but maybe we could give it the benefit of the doubt, things like that. And so that was, of course, a very weak argument for the pro-life side. Mm. But I think with the, with the development of technology, of the ultrasound, of being able to see the baby in the womb, to hear the heartbeat a few weeks in, viability has moved earlier and earlier, where the child can live outside the womb on its own basically for the entire third trimester. So now that we know so much more about it, it's interesting because the Democrats used to actually say mm. abortion should be safe, legal, and rare— But as we've learned more about technology, they now push for abortion on demand more and more.
0: Wow. As somebody that is so much on the front lines, and you're such a vocal person about this, and I certainly applaud you for that, and I know the Lord does, uh, let me ask you this for our listeners. Some people, they just see the fight on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. They're not really there. They, They hear about Planned Parenthood and all of that. Give our listeners an idea of what happens with a person like you or myself or whoever it may be that really jumps on the front lines and fights this. Kind of give them an idea of the vitriol, of the absolute pushback and the hatred that you receive. I mean, it's almost like the Democrats are doing everything they can, come hell or high water, to make sure butchering babies remains legal in this country. Just kind of give people a snapshot of just how hate-filled they can be in regards to this fight.
1: Yeah, I mean, for them, abortion is a sacrament. They view Mm. abortion as the center of their ideology. They don't care about, you know, universal basic income. They don't care about the illegal immigrant or all these other issues that they claim to champion. No, what are they willing to die for? What's the hill they're willing to die on? And it's abortion. Mm. So that's why when, you know, we saw President Trump receive so much hatred in 2016, I think it's because they feared that he would remake our courts. And he really has. And when we look at even the Kavanaugh hearing, they made it seem like it was about the Me Too movement. But in reality, yes. Christine Blasey Ford's lawyer, Deborah Cap said that Roe v. Wade is part of what motivated Christine. And when we, when we look now to Amy Coney Barrett's hearing, that is their biggest fear. Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned. And I think they've actually gotten to the point where they know it's going to be overturned. It's yeah. really just a matter of time. And that's why Joe Biden has even begun talking about how when Roe v. Wade is overturned, They're going to basically replicate the same thing in the laws. They're going um, to—well, they won't deny that they're trying to pack the courts, all Mm. of those things. They're basically trying to create their own America, even when most Americans are not on board with their ideology of nine-month abortions, late-term abortions, federal funding for abortion, all of it.
0: (laughs) I mean, did you ever honestly think that we would be having such a disgusting discussion in America? I mean, these people are just— They're vicious. They are fighting tooth and nail. It's all a character assassination. And here we are in the United States of America, arguing for life. I mean, this is so ridiculous. And I love the fact that we have the most pro-life president. And so let's segue and shift gears a little bit. Give our listeners your perspective. I know what it is. I've seen the movie and all of that about, you know, President Donald Trump and the fact that we are one election away from losing it all, losing it all, especially this battle. And so just kind of speak to that a little bit about the importance of where we are this coming November.
1: Yeah, you know, I think President Trump, he's just been such an unexpected defender of life. I mm. think, you know, people were to say, who would have been the one to stand for the innocent babies? we would have said, oh, maybe this, you know, Republican, maybe this Republican. And so many Republicans talk about life and they act like they care about life, but they don't actually do anything. Wow. And President Trump has really made this at the center of his platform. And I think we've seen that in the fact that he held Planned Parenthood accountable to Title X. He said, hey, Planned Parenthood, you're going to have to separate your abortion services from your, you know, other health care, quote, services. And they said, no, we can't. We have to keep them commingled because abortion is at the center of what we do. And so he said, okay, well, you're going to have to lose that funding then. And, I mean, he's included so many amazing pro-life voices. Even in the RNC, we heard pro-life voices basically every night hammering home that issue. He could have just thrown us a bone and said, okay, you know, I'm counting on their vote. But no, mm. he really made it the center of what he's doing. and. So I think that it is vital that we stand for life, not just in our ideology and our personal beliefs, but that we act on that when it comes to the ballot box and when it comes to voting.
0: Wow, that is a beautiful spot on answer. Let, let me ask you a question more along a personal lines about family and all of that. What was it like? Mm-hmm. What is it like? What would you say is one of the biggest characters and qualities that the fight in your father, has passed down to you? Watching him, you know, withstand so much and the arrest and all of that. I mean, he is so resilient and he's so brilliant. I mean, you would never, I would never want to argue with that man in public, especially impromptu. What would you say is some of the greatest qualities that you've learned from, from your father and all of this?
1: Yeah, you know, it's been pretty incredible because I feel like growing up with him, I, I always would see him debate these atheists or be in the political arena, kind of doing all of this And, um, I think I really kind of experienced the onslaught of the radical left myself when Mm. I went to college and that was around the same time that he was going through his, uh, hearing his psychological counseling for all of that under the Obama administration. So I was dealing with all this while I was in college and I just had so many professors call me felon, you know, kind of treat me badly. My, my, my friends, I lost many and I just saw, you know, what am I living for on this earth? Am I living to be liked or am I living to stand for truth? And so I think my dad was definitely just such an inspiration for me and saying, you know, um, we don't care if people like us. Yeah. We don't care what the response is. We're going to fight for what's right. And um, I think that President Trump really showed me that, too. So I'm just so happy that um, so many freedom fighters are out there on the front lines. And I saw for myself, at least after I graduated from college, I saw abortion as the greatest mass killing in mm. our midst. And I saw it as something that not enough conservatives were owning, not enough Christians were owning. So many churches have now been taken over by radical leftists. And so I just felt like abortion was something that I needed to hone in on and fight on.
0: Yeah, and and I love that perspective, and and what a bold and courageous statement that the left has infiltrated the church, and it has, and pastors are so cowardly, they don't have a stiffened backbone, and it has caused so, so much pushback and problems in the American church. No wonder, you know, 95% of them are still closed, and so while we're talking about the whole church, I know you have The Choice book, and I, I pray that it becomes a number one bestseller, but let's talk just for a minute about Why God, an intelligent discussion on the relevance of faith. You know, people hear the debate about abortion and all of that and you know they know about your dad and all of his political fights and struggles and victories and all of that but talk to us a minute about the relevance of faith what what part does faith not just play in your life but in why you're doing what you're doing it's shaping you as an individual
1: yeah i'm glad you wrap that up yeah why god was my first book i wrote when i was 17 it was out of nowhere but i basically felt like young people were not getting apologetics i felt like they did not get answers to the questions they had like um, you know, is faith and reason compatible? What about miracles? Was Jesus a real person and all of this? Mm. I think it's so important to dive into that. So for me, my faith is what really inspires me to do everything I do. It informs every aspect of my life. So whenever the left comes around and says, oh my gosh, you have to put your faith in a separate box, you know, keep your politics over here. I don't agree with that at all. And um, I think as Christians, we are really called to, um, you know, stand for the Lord in every aspect of our life. And I just cannot see how, when it especially comes to the life issue, when it comes to abortion, how the left can say that, oh, you know, we're people of faith, but we're for federal funding for abortion. And that's kind of the argument that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris say they like to hide behind the shield of using Mm. the word faith. But what does it actually mean when you're using your faith for evil?
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow. What a statement. Just means you're evil. Yeah, yeah bottom exactly. line well you know your fight is it blesses me it really does and to, and to watch you would you just uh, I'm gonna let everybody know where to find you and all of the books and all of your social media handles and things in just a moment but uh, just kind of let the folks know do you experience right now I'm sure you do uh, some of this conservative pushback on you know major tech and all of this are you seeing the censorship I mean everybody wants to say we're conspiracy theorists and we believe in UFOs because of conservative <laughs> censorship but it is a reality we're, we're shadow banned we're you know in Facebook jail we stay there are you seeing that yourself because of your vocalness
1: absolutely it actually happens to me on almost every pro-life video because the left does not want people to actually and i don't put anything you know graphic (laughs) (laughs) but but they don't want people to even see you know young a young person talking about what abortion is and they don't want to see someone talking about uh, why you should be pro-life or any of that because i think that it so clearly hits home with people mm, it so mm. clearly shows them that you know abortion does not empower women this ideology the left is pushing that you have to have an abortion to be successful you have to have an abortion to be happy abortion is women's empowerment i think every woman and man knows that that makes no sense that makes absolutely no sense and we know it's not true and Amy Coney Barrett and her hearings has shown us that's not true. You can obviously be a successful woman and have a family and all of these things, but the left has to silence us because there's Mm. no way they can actually win on the issue.
0: Absolutely not. There is no way they can win on the issue. What a what a beautiful statement there. Well, Danielle, I want you to tell everybody where they can get the book, multiple books, actually, and uh, where they can find you, the best place to get to you on the website and all of that, because I desperately and definitely want our listeners to follow you and all that the Lord is doing in your life. So just let our folks know.
1: Yes. So the book is called The Choice, The Abortion Divide in America. It's bright pink. You won't miss it when you see it. <laughs> And I'm Danielle D'Souza Gill on all of, all of the platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Parler, uh, so definitely find me on those. And, uh, yeah, it's just such an honor to be on this show with you, Pastor, and I'm so glad to have you on the front lines, uh, just fighting for what's right.
0: Well, thank you so much. We are honored to have you, and we're going to work it out so we can get both you and your dad, uh, maybe on a Skype or video, get you in the studio or something like that. You encourage me, you inspire me, and uh, just may the Lord bless you in a thousand different ways and just continue to give you strength and courage because, you know, you are a threat to the left. You're everything they hate. You're a young woman that has some massive sense and some great spirituality, and you're courageous, and you're pushing back against this unbiblical nonsense, and I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. We'll have you back on both Thanks, Danielle, for your time. Everybody go follow her, Danielle D'Souza, and uh, she is doing an amazing job. Thanks, Danielle, for being on the show today.
1: Thank you so much, Pastor Locke.
0: God bless you. Well, that was a great interview, and uh, what, a, what a powerful young lady. She said she wrote her first book when she was 17 years old. Come on now. That's good discipline. That's good, good grief. That's good. Tutelage by wow. the parents. <laughs> 17 years old, wrote her first book. And uh, oh, I do love her dad. Trump Card was an amazing video. I know he Gosh. talked about it, you know, preemptively when we had him on the show, but man, we watched it at Amp Fest and it gave me chills. It, I was on my feet. I cried. I laughed. It emboldened me. It made me want to just do a live video right there and just blast the left. But uh, powerful, powerful thing. Well, before we wrap everything up, speaking of books, This Means War has been doing really, really well on Amazon. We're about a week and a half in and uh, it has been beautiful. We've sold a lot of these books. We will not surrender through silence. I hope you'll go to Amazon, look up This Means War, or Greg Locke, or Pastor Greg Locke. It'll all show up and help us order these books all over the world and uh, get you one of them, get you 10 of them, get you a box of them, and give them out for Christmas gifts. Yeah, give them away. People are loving it. I praise the Lord for it. And so This Means War, Pastor Greg Locke, we will not surrender through silence. We'll be back very, very soon with some more exciting, exciting guests on the On Point with Pastor Greg Locke, where we love to talk about faith, family, and politics. So share this episode. Don't miss out. Make sure that you have opted in to On Point with Pastor Greg Locke on our text. What is it, Brian? Tell them how to do it. 53445. 53445. Just text On Point. And they can get all different types of information that a lot of other people don't get. Kind of the back end. It's the cool stuff. It's the cool stuff. You know about the books. You know about the videos. You know about all the kind of things that uh, Facebook shadow bans us for. You can get the videos first. Text that number. What is it one more time? 53445. 53445. Five, Text On point, And uh, we'll make sure that you get up to date on all the information. Again, this is On Point with Pastor Greg Glock. I love you guys. We'll see you real soon.